Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken and I am your host today. I have two lovely guests, Marilyn Boucher, who is here with us. Oh, hello. And Erin Pine. Hello. These lovely women are going to share an amazing episode of a recent experience that we've had um, this summer with Backpacking with Llamas. So we're excited for all their tips and tricks. We also want to welcome you back. Mountain Mama's Misadventures has taken a summer hiatus. We had so many adventures going on with the Mountain Mama's trips that, um, including this one, that we have just been all over the board. And so now that Fall has hit. We welcome you back. We have tons of adventures and stories to share with you, and we're so excited for you to hear all our new adventures and for you to be a part of this. All right, so to get started, um, I wanted to um, introduce Marilyn Boucher. She is a mother of two, a boy who just turned 16, super excited, been married a long time with her sweetheart, husband lives in Springville, and um, an interesting thing about her is she's big into sheepadoodles, or was for a point. True. <laughs> well, first, I've been married for 20 years. Woohoo! Yeah! And second, I think everybody dove deep into something over COVID when it was like, I, you just need some kind of positivity in your life. My, one of my sisters, it was bunnies, and others, friend is flowers, and for me, uh, it was sheepadoodles, which I have one, and what the heck is that? It is a part Old English sheepdog and a part poodle, so learning how to best train and take care of her. Nice. Cool. And she's adorable, and I think we've mentioned her before on other podcasts, but she's so amazing and fantastically fit, has been to the top of our highest peaks out here, and is a fantastic dog. So, excellent. And then Erin Pine comes to us from Provo, Utah. She's a mother of three, and she's also in the midst of teenagerness, and your oldest just also turned 16. Driving himself to school and to his practices, it's uh, it's quite liberating. <laughs> it's like good and bad, yeah. And she um, has a beautiful little dog named Ollie that has been like the apple of your eye, I think, this whole year. Yeah, it's been super fun to to train her from, from eight weeks of age um, and turn her into a good trail dog. I, I hike with her, I bike with her. Um, she's great off leash, and it's just everything that that my heart has ever wanted. <laughs> Aside from your husband and children, but oh, yeah. they're they're in the picture too, <laughs> somewhere. So you guys um, led a trip this summer for Mountain Mamas. It was a backpacking trip in the Hiuintas of Utah with some llamas, and this was Marilyn's dream for years, I believe. Set the scene for us, Marilyn. Like, where did this dream and scheme come about? So, Mountain Mamas and Llamas. It's going to be a thing. The name right there speaks for itself that this was destined, written in the stars as an activity that we had to do. I had a neighbor. He hunts in the Uintas, takes llamas. This broke my brain that you could do a fun adventure. I mean, we've all seen Emperor's New Groove and (laughs) all the llama drama, and it's hilarious and fun. So... I thought, okay, this is Kismet. They The Mountain Mamas, it rhymes. We got to do it. So looked into creating a backpacking trip. Hot spot in Utah to go, Uintas. Beautiful mountain air, mountain lakes, pristine. Long distances, the water and the, and the scenery provide the food and water for the llamas. Ideal. 
And then not only that, there's this fabulous place to rent llamas, the Hare Krishna Temple in Spanish Fork, this beautiful white mosque and minaret architectural structure on a hill uh, that there's the color fest at, and they also have llamas, and you can rent them. People don't know this. This is a hidden I gem, know. gem awesome. tip secret that you can rent them, and they can carry your crap. So Hunter Friend, he uses them to carry uh, cooking supplies so they can have steak and Dutch ovens, and and maybe they'll carry part of their kill, you know, all these things. And Mountain Mamas, we just wanted it for sheer uh, silliness and laziness. <laughs> We can carry less. Like, why not? Dig into that. Dive into that. What a fun family trip. What a fun friend trip to do and bring them along. So sounds so exciting. When you rent the llamas from the Krishna temple, there is a guru, a real actual llama guru. She is the matriarch grandma of these llamas. And they are her children. She has a herd of, it varies, but in the te- in the high teens. And we arrived at one of the times, we've rented from the, them twice now. And one of our groups, there was a wedding, this gorgeous, if you've seen the colors of an Indian wedding happening, so bright, vibrant colors. And she's all decked out in her sari and um, the jewelry and the, you know, I mean, it just was gorgeous, and our ladies who are in our flannel shirts and jeans are getting pictures with llamas in front of this gorgeous temple with all these beautiful flowers. And I mean, it just couldn't be a more ideal, picturesque place to rent llamas. You couldn't get better. So fun. It was great. And the first time we went to go check out the trip, we took, I I took my, my best of my best um, to come and rent llamas. So it was a group, our llama posse. <laughs> okay, so I just want to tell So we just did two our first trip, dipping our toes into it. Two llamas, and this was in 2022. Yes. And you're, this is a posse of good mountain mama guides that you thought were fantastic backpackers, hikers, llama wranglers. Like, they had all the skills. Yes. So... Just sit right back and I'll tell a tale, a tale. <laughs> we had all these characters. We had eight characters in total. Six people, two of them llamas. And everybody's personalities in a group with llamas steps up. Meaning, Marcy became the wrangler. She knew how to get the llamas up and going. Maureen became the saddler. She knew how to saddle them just so so that it wasn't cinching too tight, too you know loose. She she had this savvy, and she was our saddler. Then her husband Alan, he came. He was the wheels. He had the truck and the ability, which you can rent a trailer from them. So great with the llamas. So he was the wheels. Uh, Aaron Pine came with us, who's here today, and she was our navigator, which we'll talk about in a little bit. She created this great route for us in the Uintas and led us expertly through. Then myself, coordinator, making it happen, making the dreams happen, but but needing the skill of everyone else. Christine, she was the photographer. She was capturing those those long lashes of brown-eyed llamas and those kissy lips. And then uh, we had two llamas. Kapil was one of them. I call Kapil the handsome or the Ferrari. He was too cool for school. 
He was student body officer, president. You were never going to be at his level. <laughs> and our second one for that trip was apricot, a beautiful apricot color. But I'll tell you, he was the kazoo. It was ridiculous. He wouldn't stop. stop. It was the you're you're holding a rope, carrying him up and down rocked and pine tree wooded forests, but you had this sing song voice in your head the whole time (laughs) of his just verbal kazoo chitter chattering with you. It was a kick in the pants fun. The whole trip was this idyllic um, journey through beautiful Ruth Lake and uh, Camas Lake and Lofty Lakes, pristine, everything nature provided for us. You know, we had our water, the llamas had their food, and you're among these, you know, mountains on steroid epic views. So a huge place popular for llamas is Red Castle, if that's a place you want to go check out. Um, King's Peak, but the Uintage is your is your key for llamas because they are so adept and sure footed at those crazy trails. Mm-hmm. You know, we would we would be dumbfounded at the miraculous leaps and uh, just things that a horse would never do. Mm-hmm. Even some dogs would never do. Mm-hmm. You know, that that they were just sure footed and and game for it. And you had mentioned, or I saw pictures of a moose that had come through your camp on that trip. And the llamas were kind of like, eh, like not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. High that, five, high five. I know. They're like, ooh, herbivore, herbivore check. So that's good. <laughs> like it was a good thing to know. You're like, okay, they're not going to freak out with those. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an absolute delight. And as we were returning the next day, we did a two-day with them with a gorgeous camp out at Camas Lake. We're returning and we took this beautiful photo of all of us uh, just in front of Scout Lake. And I'll tell you, watch out this bit. (laughs) (laughs) It's a thing. So I didn't believe it was a thing because we had gone two days with them and no concerns or no anything. Here's the tip and the trick. (laughs) Thou shalt not stick your face between two of theirs. (laughs) The llamas you take on a backpack trip are male. So you've got that competitive edge. And then my sister and I were getting a sweet sister selfie between the two llamas, and that was our fatal flaw, is their heads were too close to each other. Three feet, or I don't know, two and a half. It was too, it was too close. And I got a wad spray on my forehead with spit, <laughs> you know, trickling down my eyeball from Apricotter, who I'll call Kazoo. Trying to whammo Kapil in the face. And of course, I was the victim, <laughs> not the llama. So they didn't, it's not as if you just walk around and get spit out. Like, not at all. It was very rare. But it's, it was a, you don't want to be in the wrong place of the wrong. So, so that's some llama drama. <laughs> so that was last year's trip. Mm-hmm. Now we're going into this year. So you got done the recon. You're like, this is amazing. It was wonderful. So let's do this for the ladies. We're going to bump it up a notch with a few more gals and a few more llamas. And what could possibly go wrong? So, yeah, tell us some of the things that you learned on this most recent summer trip. So, this was this, we had the same two characters of Kazoo, Kapil, or Apricot and Kapil. Those same two llamas came, which are the big daddies. 
And Kapil is actually the actual literal daddy of most of these llamas. <laughs> you know, he is the sire. He is the he is the steed in the sperm that made it all go. <laughs> Um, so we had those two, but we also added four more. So we had six llamas total with a group of about, uh, 15 women. Oh, wow. So we're a big group. And I thought, oh, big group, let's divide it up. But our guru, Vi, said, no, no, no. They are a herding animal. They need to stay with their herd. So we were a much bigger posse. It's true. (laughs) So I'm getting everyone in the group, um, you know, excited, and we're we're parking the trailer. We're about to get to the trail, and I said, "Okay, again, Kapil, he's the daddy of most of these llamas, and he was our front runner man on last year's trip. So I want him in the very front, and then all the all of his boys will follow." Right? We go to cross the highway with all of these animals around a blind turn on a fast highway turn. Yeah, because the parking was just really difficult at that trailhead. Yeah, so we are safety patrolling this highway to keep these animals that we've been entrusted with. We were told $20,000 worth of llama. And Kapil gives up before we reach the trailhead. The trailhead. (laughs) He gives up on the highway. This large, white, magnificent steed beast. Much bigger than most llamas that you see. I mean, he's magnificent. Just kerplumps into a beanbag of himself on the highway. <laughs> and I am just befuddled and perplexed. Because what now all of his kids are like, oh, wait, now what now? You know, like, they, I don't know what to do. So we, you know, yank and pull. He gets up great. When we st- and we start to continue along the trail. We are maybe a quarter into the trail. Like, fourth of a mile. So short into the trail, there are bridge crossings. There are bridge crossings. (laughs) We have learned, we are now wise and savvy that llamas and bridge crossings don't mix. I'm not talking about bridges of Madison County. I'm talking um, rock across river or maybe a boardwalk of wood across river. Yeah, super primitive. Like people just took like three pieces of wood and threw it across the stream. Yeah, just like you're hiking and you see a couple of rocks and you know to step on those, right? Like no big deal. So these are the bridges. So my, I'm at the end of our large pack. I'm the medic and everyone's going ahead and it's of course swimmingly because we've barely started and the adventure is young. And I hear a kaboom. And I look to see what on earth was that sound. And Big Daddy, my majestic steed Kapil of all the group, has fallen off of what I would term a bridge that was like Aslan's altar. You know, like a stone, a massive stone across rock. It was the bridge. He had stepped up on it, got spooked, and had fallen. Our leader of this whole trip had fallen into the water and now was this like, uh, you know, ball of himself with river water, you know, rushing over him. And, you know, you know, and half the llama that he was with all of his fluffy white fluff, you know, all soaked in. And he is. And it was like a three foot fall, right? Yeah, it was substantial. It was very substantial. And I go running over And you have to remember, we are just starting this backpacking trip and have to make the decision to get 
hiking shoes, hiking boots wet from the get from the very first get go. <laughs> Myself and this other gal, Francine, we hurdle our bodies into the river to save him, and we're pulling and tugging. Elisa, another gal, she is. Uh, you know, got the rope and trying to pull and he, he, he won't budge. Um, shock, stubbornness, um, terror, probably all three. And he, he just won't go. Um, so I'm trying to lift no, no dice. So they wear saddles. They're carrying our gear. So I go to lift and, um, we're, we're untying furiously the saddle and we're, we're taking, we're taking off the bags, which are now, you know, gear soaked and, um, sleeping bags and tents and people's clothes, gears, and we're audiosing the saddle and now trying to pull him and pr- and no dice. He is still like submerged. You know, his head is out of the water. A good part of his body is, but he's he won't budge. He won't budge. And I, um, I realize there's large rocks. I start to move. Some of them too big. I can't move. Realizing if he went to stand up, he might impale himself or his, um, his side and and maybe even lungs with a large protrusion of a tree branch that is right next to him in the water. So I start to yank and rip off those branches and those possible impalements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're starting to lift and move him, and she yanks. And then he he rises and out of the water, and he's on four feet. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> again, $20,000 worth of mamas, <laughs> and he's the most expensive one. <laughs> he's the one that makes... You know, the, the Krishna temple go round. He is the promise and, and hope of all breeding. So was he injured at all? So we're terrified and I'm, I, you know, I'm watching. Let's watch him. Let's watch. Okay, he, I want to have him just stand for five minutes. Nobody move. Um, okay, he is able to stand. So we were told one cautionary thing from Vi to not do with the llamas. And that was touch their feet and legs. <sighs> <laughs> How am I supposed to examine my patient when I can't touch his feet on his legs? You know, and so I'm okay. We can't get near him. He'll kick us in the, you know, kill, you know, give us a brain concussion or whatever contusion. So, all right, Elise. So, will you have him walk a few steps forward? Let's just, just a few. I don't want to go crazy. He takes a few. Okay, he's he's he looks okay there. Let's give it a wait of a few. Okay, now let's start to walk and watch him. Let's watch his gait. So. I had a few ladies watching him. Now I am getting my wherewithal and realizing one big thing. Who has witnessed all of this and has not crossed the bridge? All his boys. (laughs) Two of them have never been off of the farm in their lives. First time in the mountains. I mean, I have to say this was kind of, you were set up for, you know, some yes. disasters from the because they got you six llamas. Two were the ones you had last year. Two they said were half trained, and then the other two were unusable. They were babies that couldn't carry anything. Mm-hmm. Like they should have been paying you. Uh-huh. Anyway, I just thought that was craziness. We got we to be clear, we got a, a discount for bringing the two babies, and I good, I referred good. to some of my horse savvy women before we got before we left or put them even in the trailer, if they felt good about these babies. And they did. They felt like we had these 15 women who were up for it. And these babies seemed, you know, quite, seemed good getting into the trailer, getting out their personality. So, so I got the thumbs up from them, but it's true that we were starting, we were starting this trip with babies who had just seen their dad, you know, I mean, they're (laughs) scarred for life, (laughs) right? And that was us. 
we continued on gorgeous trip, gorgeous scenery, gorgeous, um, wonderful people to be with. Um, we later cross another bridge that I want to, uh, to have Aaron tell a little bit about. Yeah. So that, that one was actually the next day. Um, but there, there are multiple bridge crossings on this particular hike, more, more so uh, on the second day than the first. Some of them, you know, are three feet across. Some might be closer to eight to 10. Anyway, there was a particular crossing where, since I was the lead navigator, I tried to have the ladies let the llamas figure out how they wanted to get across the river instead of forcing them to take the the bridge or having them walk around um, to just give them a minute to survey the area and then let the llama kind of lead over it. Well, there was one broad bridge crossing um, that was kind of like two planks of wood side by side, and then they had a gap in between. And I, I stopped and I watched the llamas cross. Some, some chose, most chose to walk around it, but Kapil, for some reason, decided he wanted to walk across that bridge. And he ended up stepping in, in that gap with all of his legs. I mean, it was like something out of our cartoon. Like, really? <laughs> There's one gap in the bridge, and you put all legs in put it. Put all your legs in it. And so I'm just holding my breath, hoping that he doesn't lose his balance, tip over with, you know, the 60 pounds of gear he's carrying for us, and snap all four of his legs. I'm thinking, <laughs> there's no way we can carry this llama out. And then what do we do with a llama with, with no working legs? <laughs> like, this is, out. Yeah, this is terrible. So um, everyone got across that bridge and there was a little, kind of like a little meadow. And I just stopped everyone and I said, okay, I, I just experienced this. It was super, super scary. I think we need to um, back it up a little bit. Uh, and we came up with a, a plan that um, there would be two people per llama and then one person left over. And um, one one person would would lead with the rope, and they could switch off. But then, whenever we came to a bridge, the one who didn't have the llama would stand on the bridge, kind of forcing the llama to decide how they wanted to get across instead of using the bridge and kind uh, of blocking the way so they couldn't cross the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like we were the the angry troll, and they had to figure out how to get around us. Um, and that worked until the very, very last uh, bridge of the whole thing where some llamas wanted to go over the stone crossing. This was the same one that Kapil fell at um, the day before. And um, the same one where um, Pam was leading her llama. Pam walked across the bridge. The llama walked, started to walk through the river and then she, or then he, I guess, um, jumped. He decided to jump the river and pretty much landed on Pam's back and that was super scary. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um I thought I thought Pam was broken, but she didn't. So her... the but she was crossing the bridge. So how did he get onto her from the river or the stream? I know. That's <laughs> llamas are amazing. They are kind of so like a... reindeer mm -hmm. when they jump. You know, they that's um two legs forward and then they spring off their back legs, you know, just like a reindeer taking off from mm -hmm. a rooftop, I guess. And Pam had given the llama a lot of slack so it could figure out how it wanted to, to make its way um, across the river. And uh, she was the first one to cross. And to her credit, she didn't let go of that rope in her 
attack from the back and her fall to the ground. And I, I ran over to her and I grabbed the grabbed the llama and, and she's like, it's okay, it's okay. I trained for this. I know how to fall. I took a <laughs> class on falling with my sister or something. I'm okay. It comes in her 60s. Yeah. I said, everyone just, just freeze for a minute. Don't cross the river. Everyone just stand still. We're just going to pause and I'm going to check Pam out. You know, then we're going to just take it nice and slow across this stream crossing. And then, and then Marilyn rounds up the last of the group. And she comes around the corner and she's like, oh, la, la, la. Yay, everyone made it over the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and I radio back to, to Marilyn. Stay and check out Pam. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get the group out of here, but stay and check out Pam. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a bad bridge going in and a bad bridge going out. It was, and and you look at it and you think, well, surely this has got to be the easiest one. <laughs> oh, man. It's super funny because they make sure you, when you take a llama on a backpacking trip, you need to have lots of water. And so, like, walking next to a stream is ideal because they can drink as you go. But it's like cruel fate that they hate the water and would hate to cross it. And you know that that's just going to happen. Anyway. So, yeah, it's it's silly that they, they're like that or do that. But then I was giving Pam a medical check and seeing how she how she was. And she said the llama didn't actually land on her back or hit her. She that it, it appeared that way, but that she took an impact onto the rocks Aww. that knocked her in, and it was her left hip and her left wrist and her hand. And I went to look at her, and that girl knows how to fall. <laughs> I mean, respect that she learned, and she she truly did. Her wounds were so minimal. And it really was like hats off to Pam. I mean, that she knew how to fall and she went so well. We definitely learned like make sure that you have your bridge troll Mm -hmm. and go around and lead the llama if you can to the easiest, you know, most simple crossing of all. And I've noticed too, like you're saying, give them a lot of lead and Mm -hmm. step to the side of them. Mm -hmm. Don't cross the stream in front of them. Because that's how they'll jump into you. And mm-hmm. I saw several of your videos yeah. where gals were just getting like almost ran over just because the, the llama's trying to find a place to jump. And so mm-hmm. like if you are to the side, that kind of helps them make a decision. Yeah. To the llama's credit, we were the first group out of the gate for the season. <laughs> of meaning course. they have been living in the lap of pasture luxury for a good eight months maybe. And we were the first trip out of the gate. A lot of hunters uh, will take them out in September and mid-October, and so we took them out in July, and we were the ver- one of the very first. But we loved having them on the trail. We loved that we got to carry so much less, and so for that, the trip was more fun because your your back wasn't like, oy vey. Yeah, it was stuff. like a day pack instead it of a backpack. It was fabulous to just have a day pack but go a long distance. And then the other big seller was you are a celebrity, they are the celebrities on the trail. So everywhere that we went along throughout the Uintas, people were asking to stop, take pictures, get their autographs. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but it, we were a sight to behold and so fun. I mean, I really feel like it brought a family backpacking trip or friend trip to a whole other level by having the llamas because you could bring more gear uh, kids and people can work less and you have this fun, you know, thing that you're bringing with you. you know? <laughs> so anyway, it was like, a, it was definitely a cool novelty for backpacking. So, so I feel like you guys have learned a lot in your last two trips. So will you share with us some of like the tips and tricks that you've learned with llamas? 
So if you're in Utah, there's two places, specifically Utah County, to rent. We already talked about the Krishna Temple in Spanish Fork. You can hop on Google their website and you can rent from them. Uh, contact Vi. It's Vi, Vi Bahavi at the Krishna v Temple. V is in Victor A.I. Yep. But you would call her and uh, schedule with her some dates to rent. There's also out by West Mountain, a place called West Mountain Rentals, a guy, Tice Erickson. And his email, which he said is best if you want to rent from him, is hike at Wilderness Ridge Trail Llamas. Remember, that's two L's for llamas.com. Hike at Wilderness Ridge Trail Llamas.com. So I looked into both of those. I went with the Krishna Temple. Prices were fairly comparable. I went with the Krishna Temple for the novelty, for the for Vi, for the <laughs> Krishna Temple. So you actually are trained before you go out. You don't just you aren't just handed these in the trailer and you go. She truly trains you and show, and gives you all the tips and tricks. It's about an hour training, isn't it? Yes, and very worthwhile and worth your time. So that was so good. And I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I I've done it twice with her, and I obviously really like and appreciate her. Yeah, the, she's talking how to put on the saddle, and she's having everyone in your group come and do that. She recommends to get some people in your group, at least one that has dealt with horses before, so you've got someone. But she's uh, having you load the trailer. You're getting the hay. You are. She's teaching you how to put on the bridle, that they are, don't like super touchy faces, but how to do it correctly and how to you know, with the rope, take them around and at night that you give them space and, and keep them a distance so they don't, their ropes don't crisscross. And tri so it's trip each other. So it's really wonderful, valuable training that you get ahead of time. And it's nice to know <laughs> that you as like never had a lover before <laughs> can go and rent and she will give you, I felt like we were sent with a lot of competent, great information and so good to have the whole group there because I definitely forgot a thing or two and somebody else was like, oh yeah, Vi said to do this. Mm -hmm. It was, that was really, really handy. Um, the cost was, uh, she has a large trailer that you can rent that you can uh, pack in. It's for every one horse, you could actually fit two llamas. So you can get a large horse trailer from her for 150. Uh, this is 2023, I'm telling this. Or a small trailer for a hundred, and then for every two llamas that you rent, a hundred and fifty dollars. And you so, can put how many llamas in a large trailer? Large trailer, we could fit six. Okay, and how many in the small trailer? Uh, two. Okay. So you also want to figure out where you're going to go and figure that route out. So as far as trying to you know decide where you want to take the llamas, a couple of things to keep in mind are that llamas can hike any trail that a normal human being can hike. A cool thing about them is you don't have to bring hay and water for them. Um, they just eat grass if they're hungry, um, like apricot was always eating every time we stopped. <laughs> they just kind of graze. And we chose to go to the Uintas because of its availability of water, uh, both for our sakes and for the llamas. For the recon in 2022, uh, Marilyn called me up, I think it was like on a Friday or something, and she says, hey, you want to go do this thing on Monday? And then I said, uh, sure. She's like, great. Can you navigate? And I was like, oh, sure. She's like, okay, you pick the route. We'll do it. So I hopped on to Gaia, which is a website, G-A-I-A. And um, I searched um, some places in the Uintas and ultimately decided on this location because of its um, proximity to lots of water sources. 
Um, it's super pretty. It's easy to, to drive to. The trailhead is nice and wide. Um, there's a bathroom at the trailhead, which is convenient when you have a large group of people. Um, it had a little bit of elevation gain to keep the, the trail interesting, um, but not too physically demanding. We did about seven miles on our route. So I, I mapped it out on the computer first and saved it to my phone so that when I showed up to the Uintas, it actually existed and I could just follow my route. So another tip, I would definitely bring a luggage weight. You know, it's got the little hook and you can see the numbers on it for how much to weigh. Great thing, the llamas can carry 60 pounds, you know, so that you have all that weight that you don't have to carry. So you are balancing both sides of the bag, you know, like a 30 and a 30. So handy to have the luggage weight and you can start to empty out your backpacking pack. Some people put a bunch of their bedding in it or put all their food or their heavy thing like a jet boil, whatever. But it's so, it really, you feel like you're getting away. You feel like you're cheating, getting away with something because you're doing this backpacking trip. But you have to carry so little, um, To me, that's worth the fun, just worth the money for the novelty of it. But so handy to do that. So ahead of time, we divided it out, weighed it out, um, put on the saddles, and then you kind of balance it so that that works well for the llama. It's awesome. Uh, one, one thing to keep in mind is that llamas don't hike fast. They'll maybe go up one mile an hour. So just keep that uh, in mind when you're planning where you're going and your start times and everything. Also notice... It's ridiculously slow. <laughs> it, is, it is really slow. And that was with six llamas. So it might be an, an untrained one. So you might be a little faster than us. But no, they're slow. Um, another thing to note is that llamas will view dogs as, as predators and they will attack them. And so as the navigator for the group, I would walk several paces, 50 feet, 100 feet in front of the rest of the group to warn any other hikers that had dogs to, to put them on leash because the, the llamas will just kick them. For reals, yeah. For, for everyone's safety. We didn't want that happening. Yeah, so Aaron was our magnificent dog defender and predator protector. And it worked great to have walkie-talkies. Totally would recommend that as a tip. The front and back person have walkie-talkies. That way, if there's a dog approaching either direction, you can notify, pull over the llamas to the side, and, and everybody's happy. So those are some fun tips and tricks. And again, I definitely recommend backpacking with llamas, especially because with any animals, you, you're going to have people in your group that are animal lovers. And we had some full-on boyfriend-girlfriend situations with these llamas. <laughs> Our ladies are largely in... Committed relationships, except when they were on the trail with these four-hooved beasts. So some of our people that just connected, and I joke that they were their boyfriends. There was, of course, Apricot, who I called Kazoo, and he was a lovey face. He was the only one that was a lovey face. That was, you sh thou shalt not touch their faces, but Carolina could just smooshy kiss him all over, and <laughs> like you just couldn't. With the two of them. And then Kapil, our handsome big daddy guy, was quick on the trail to go, like you're going downhill hill, and he would zoom, so like go fast. He was really sure footed. And yeah. so Angela is also one of our hiker supremes, and she was sure footed. So that was a wonderful pairing, mm -hmm. the two of them. She could she could handle that and match up to him, her skill. We also had Shyam, who was black, and Stacy just. Total, like, match made in heaven. She said she liked it because he was black and she likes a bad boy. <laughs> and, then, and he was one of the... Yeah, he was the intermediate, intermediate. train. 
And then Dava was another intermediate. Dava in Indian means small white god. And he was. He was a small white god to his dad. Uh, he and Corinne, who actually had llamas before, so such a bonus, or alpacas. So that was a great little pair up there. Our two babies were the very best behaved ones. You talk about taking babies and what were we thinking, but they were our leaders they were the ones to go in front of the pack and the rest would follow. Mm-hmm. They were fabulous. And we had Puri. He was all brown and his name means Indian puff bread. <laughs> so how sweetie is that with his brown eyes and eyelashes? And he was Emma and um, Maureen's little llama. And then we also had finally Pada. Pada was because of paws, because he had white paws when he was a baby. And he was um, Pam Sweetie. Now, the first trip when we return with all the llamas to the Krishna temple, I'm calling by our guru to return them, and she's not answering. She's not answering because there is a baby llama, one of Kapil's, another one of his babies, (laughs) being born right now. Then, when we went to return the llamas. <laughs> How adorable. And so she is, a t- and, and they, they only have births maybe like twice a year. So this was an event. And it wasn't just an event for the birth. It was an event for the herd. We returned the llamas, and she, okay, come on over, and you can come and watch. And here, sitting in this meadow, is this little white baby lamb. I mean, not really, but it was a baby <laughs> llama, but it lo- it was that size and just, but with a long, awkward neck and long, awkward ears <laughs> and just these little Aww. legs. And it's just sitting there, you know, like a giraffe baby that you've seen before that doesn't know what it's doing. And here comes the all these mamas from the herd, one by one, by hierarchy in the herd, come to give the baby a little kiss or a lick on its face. (laughs) And it was so interesting one by one. And we're like, where's the mom? Where's the mom? And Vi says, oh no, everyone is going to greet the baby by hierarchy. And then when they are all done, they have all now welcomed and accepted the baby into the herd and then the mom will attend to it. So it was this sweet, beautiful you know, just welcoming community to watch of this little baby as they each licked him. Yeah, and this wonderful herd just made this such a magical ending to our llama, llama journey. And, you know, this is how a community, we all need each other and we can all be raised, you know, and helped along by each other. Amen. Thank you so much, Marilyn and Erin, for your stories today. To hear more fun, inspiring stories from women like Marilyn and Erin, Click the subscribe button and get them directly to your device every week and help us empower more women to adventure by adding a five-star review and share it with your friends and family. And I just want to thank you guys again so much for sharing this story. It was epic. Like this was um, years in the making to get to this point and it was just, yeah, life-changing for a lot of our gals. So thank you so much for sharing this. That's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains.